The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Tour Championship. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy our show, if we've helped you out through these years, please leave a five star, uh, a five star rating and a nice review uh, for us. It really helps us out, keeps the pod free, keeps it going well. As usual, I am here with everyone's favorite Canadian who just won a spot in the Fantasy Golf World Championship. Congrats, Tyler Tambley and Tyler. How you doing this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. It was a good one, man. We we talked on the last couple of pods about this, and we'll get into some stuff here in a minute. But uh, that was nice to break free from that second place conundrums that I've been going through. You know, for the last two out of the last three weeks, I'd come second, got it this time. So we'll talk about that in a second. Before we get into it, I want to remind you guys this podcast is presented by Roto Grinders. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. You can grab yourself 10 bucks off the first month, 50 bucks off the annual, whichever you choose to go with. Right now, the annual is the right idea because you're going to get all the stuff that goes with it. And NFL is starting back up. So a lot of the stuff I'm doing aside from this podcast will get focused and switch gears over to NFL. You guys can find me over there. But back to what you're talking about, Kenny. Yeah, it was nice to have that. I, I know the ROM 66-footer, and we're going to get into everything. This tournament was incredible, by the way, down to the finals and to the end. And just ROM DJ begging for the playoff beyond what I needed. DFS aside, but yeah, I actually needed the DJ birdie. It wasn't just the, you know, everything else that happened because of it, but I was down by one point. So if DJ doesn't birdie that and it's a par, it was, it doesn't matter what would have happened in the, I was winning no matter what, if he just makes the putt because, but if he misses, I lose by 0.5 and come second again, that would have really sucked. So overall really good week could have been even better, but that, I'll take it. There was a nice prize there. Happy to be back in the fantasy golf world championships, play down to it. And 
have a chance at 500,000, right? It's always a, a good thing. So excited about that. What'd you think of the tournament and just Rom over DJ in the end, his 66 footer, everything that went with it was incredible. So, so the Rom DJ thing, it sort of opened my eyes. Here's the thing. Like as most of you guys have seen since the restart, I've been really struggling. Like this is my worst stretch I've had. Like if you, I've lost more money in DraftKings in these 12 to 13 weeks than I have in the 2018-19 season, 2017-18 season combined. So it's been like three years since I've lost this amount of money. It's been really struggling. It's sort of been weighing on me. Like I'm getting a little depressed because of it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, and and like week in, week out, I'm grinding, I'm doing my thing, and the results aren't there. And, and, you know, it's gotten so bad the last couple of weeks that there's been points where I haven't even been watching the golf. Like I've been watching, binge watching like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel instead of watching the golf coverage because I'm, I've, I've been so, I don't know what the word is, just just so anti-golf. I've just been so bad that it's just mentally it's been like fatigued. I was mentally fatigued watching golf, you know. On Friday at one point in time, I thought, you know, maybe I need like a month off. Uh, I didn't even tell Tyler this, uh, but I, it definitely ran through my mind Friday uh, because, you know, I've been struggling so bad. But then I sat down on Sunday and I watched this event. And when it came down to the wire with Rom and DJ, something sort of clicked in my mind. The thing we forget sometimes when we gamble and we play DFS is it's such a results-oriented game that sometimes you have to step back and just remember what a great game golf is. What a beautiful game golf really really is you're just trying to get a small ball into a hole 450 yards away it sounds simple but there's so many intricacies and whether you're have been a fan for five minutes or a fan for 50 years every week you see something new with the talent that is in the tour right now it's just such a great game it's a game you know that you can play with your father uh you know for for as long as you can with your son for as long as you can, you know, there's no other sport like this, you know, you can't, you know, play football with your dad, you can't, you know, you can only play catch with your dad for so long, or with your kids for so long before you, you know, your arm, you just can't do it anymore. This is the only game where you see 85, 90 year old guys out there and women out there playing week in and week out. And I just forgot how wonderful of a game this was. And that Sunday reminded me, that that sometimes you, you can't just be results-oriented. You have to remember that this game is just it's – a, it's, a, it's a great game. And, and you have to enjoy what you're watching, even if you don't do well in DFS, even if you don't do well in gambling. And, and what happened on Sunday with those two putts in the, and, the, and the game, like Rom coming down the stretch, just pummeling driver on these 23-foot wide, you know, 23-yard wide fairways uh, with, the, with the confidence oozing from a Dustin Johnson coming from last week, winning in a course where it was 30 under, winning by 11, and grinding it out on this type of course. It was such a joy to watch. And I, I've lost, I lost the joy of watching golf of, of being in it because i've been struggling so bad and, and this sort of brought it back and opened my eyes uh because it, i i've been going about it the wrong way i have to enjoy the game and i think you have to enjoy watching the game and being a part of the game to actually do well 
in, in the gambling part as well. So what happened this weekend was just amazing. Those two putts were incredible. It changed my viewpoint. It, it refreshed me. Uh, so as this new season approaches, uh, I'm, I'll be going about it a different way. I'm not going to be entirely results-oriented. I know that's what this is. But if I keep going in that pace, I'm going to burn out, and I'm going to lose, my, lose the fun aspect of it. So it, not only was the golf great, but it helped me out mentally, which is amazing what sports can do. You know, this is what sports can do. And that's why, you know, with the break and the no sports, I mean, it was so people, – people, it was sad. It was horrible. But this is the strength of what sports can do. And it was – and what happened with that, that putt, I mean, I literally screamed. I had no interest. I literally – I played very light because, like I said, every week uh, you play what you can lose. And I can't afford to lose much more. You know what I'm saying? I've lost so much uh, in these last 12 weeks. I only played like 150 bucks. And um, I, had, I, I, didn't, I don't think I had a single green screen uh, this past week. It was horrible. It was horrible. But, but, but those two putts, like I literally – I can't remember the eruption I've had, the, the, the yelling, the screaming I had when DJ made that putt. And then Rob when he made it back. And I had nothing, nothing, no, no, no real you know, pull on both of those guys. It was just amazing golf. It was so much fun to watch, and it sort of rejuvenated me and brought me back to life. So it was an amazing tournament. I enjoyed it thoroughly, even though I only watched Sunday. Uh, that Sunday really was great. Uh, Tyler, what about you? What did you think of the event? I'm sitting over here mesmerized, bro. That was enlightening, majestic, the way you broke it down. I think it's so true. And, you, you know, people forget about it. Like you said, it's very easy to get dejected in playing DFS and gambling and having all these close calls and coming up short. And I've certainly been there myself. So – I'm glad you brought it to light. You know, not, not a lot of people would have the ability or the balls to sit there and speak on that. So definitely applaud you for that, Kenny. And I think, you know, the event was what it was. Like you said, I was like you. Like I said, we just talked about it. No need to rehash too much. But, you know, my eruption was identical on the DJ thing because everything was riding on a ticket to the show. So, you know, I was excited for that. But I just had to, you know, it's one of those things, same type of deal, right, where you get that situation and you just feel like, oh, he's in the rough off the tee. I'm already mentally like, God, I know he needs to birdie this or I'm dead. That and second then he... shot, that second shot might have been just as good as the putt. Oh, like, the second where shot he was, was From where he was, Dustin Johnson on 18, from where he was, that second shot was almost, it was probably just as good as the putt because that yeah. was an incredible shot. He had, to, he had to cut it around the tree, landed it in the perfect spot. I, it, was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, I think like you said, and it goes with, that's why I always compare golf to, you know, playing fantasy or DFS golf. It's to me, it's the most comparable because of a situation like that. Think about DJ. Think about me thinking about DJ. This is a guy that hasn't missed fairways. Like he's just been dialed in for the last two weeks. He was 30 under and winning a tournament a week before this week. He's doing it when the score's three under whatever it is at the point. And it's like, he's got a chance here. He makes that shot. But even then back to what I was saying, you see 33 feet and I'm like, well, and downhill with a double breaker. What do you think the first thought that comes to my mind is? There's just no way. I hope so, but there's, yeah, no, there's way. no way. And no you way. You have to yeah. turn your brain on and say, look, it's going to happen. And I was sitting there with my, with my family's around and stuff, and, and my wife was there, and my sister, and I just said, look, I said, it's going to be left, right, left, right, and in. Let's see it, and, and let's just see this happen. And then when you did it, and it actually went that way, I was just beyond, right? I just yelled out so loud because it's just been a while since hitting something like that that you've been wanting to hit and just going after it third time's the charm. So Excited about that. Overall event was incredible. Lots of storylines that went with it. I think in the end, the cream did rise to the top. The scoring was different than what we would have expected. And now we get to move on and you got a new storyline. We got a 30 men, possibly 29 men. There is some 
you know, interest, interesting note there that it's Labor Day weekend and Roy McElroy might be in labor with his wife, Erica, having his daughter. So uh, we've got some stuff to talk about with that, but there's more before that. What else you got, Kenny? Where are we at? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things like, uh, you know, just, just Mackenzie Hughes making that little Great story, getting up and down. I mean, that, that was not an easy bunker shot that he had. Uh, he had to make par. That was huge. Corey Connors, three-putting, missing a, a two-footer. Uh, so for par, he makes it in two. He's in the 30, and Billy Horschel's out. Um, you know, a couple other storylines, of course, of course. Uh, not what we expected. Uh, I, you know, that's what happens when, you know, you haven't seen a course in that long. I, you know, you saw the changes in the course, though, because they definitely watered the course on Saturday and Sunday. They had to have because the scoring was so much better those two days. There wasn't any rain, and you could tell that the greens were definitely softer. You know, even though I didn't see much of the first couple, I saw the highlights and stuff like that. It was a lot firmer the first couple of days. Um, I didn't expect that. And it was really, you know, and, and I know a lot of fans out there, a lot of fans who listen to this pod really enjoyed that type of golf. And maybe we need to see that a little bit more often. Uh, you know, pretty, you know, and the thing is all the golfers said that it was a fair test. It wasn't like, it wasn't over the top. It was, everything was laid out there. You just had to go out and perform. Uh, and it was really, really nice. You saw Neiman, uh, you know, Matsuyama playing these tough courses. It was, it was a great event. The Sunday was great too. I mean, Matsuyama was on top of the leaderboard one time. Neiman was up there. Uh, other guys were making moves. Finau, his best, uh, you know, what his best uh, Sunday ever when he's been within like, certain amount of strokes with the lead. Uh, maybe it's a little change. I don't know. Maybe he has to come back to do it, not be in the lead. I, there were so many storylines uh, from this past week. It was a great event uh, that really helped me out. It really opened my eyes, uh, like I said earlier. So I was – and I guess the cream rose to the top, one versus two. Great, great, great championship. I enjoyed Sunday very, very much. Uh, anything else going to add? No, I think you said it, man. That's what it is. And now, like I said, I'm even more excited for this week. We're going into the Tour Championship. Eastlake, you know, more history here. More, you know, it's a beautiful course. We see it's a tough course, you know, pretty much always. Like you said, this was a little bit different because it started off extremely tough, more than we ever thought it could be. Just ask John Rump, 75-71 going into the weekend and then shoot 66-64 with a dumb penalty stroke for, for forgetting to mark his ball. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, they definitely did something and that's fine, but it was – you know, it was the conversation on Twitter was USGA take notes, right? Winged foot. Check out Olympia Fields. Look what they did here. That's what you need to figure out because USGA always takes the brunt of it and sometimes rightfully so that there is a way to find a fair balance and to make it right. And this was great. I thought this worked out just perfect. Yeah. So let's talk about the tour championship. I know everyone has their opinion on how it goes. You know, the way they changed it last year, the guy leading the FedEx Cup starts at minus 10 and it goes to minus eight for second place. Uh, minus seven for third place and so on all the way down to 30th place uh, is at uh, even par going into it. Um, What do you think of this format? What do you, do you think that this format is what they should use? Now I get why they changed it because I mean, in the past before it was, you know, basically if you're in the top five and you won, you would win. Uh, But what we saw a lot of the times was uh, I think Xander uh, won one year, but Roy won or JT won the championship or, you know, something like that. So the winner never doesn't always used to not always get uh, the tour championship big prize, $15 million. Uh, so I can, I can see why they changed it, but I think they can make it better. 
Um, I know you were talking about match play. I agree with match play. What do you think? I think a lot of people do, and I think there's others that will hate against it. It's actually not even a knock on what the current format is. I like what it is right now. I think it's better than what it was before. It's better I just than what it was. It's better but than what, when was. You, what you see that, you know, hashtag that ain't it, that, that's this. I still don't think it's it. I don't, I don't think this is the one. I just think it's fine. But there is better ways. And the re- I love match play. I like the mono e mono. I'm a golf fan, right? And I've also been extremely vocal in the past on Twitter about the matches, the Tiger versus Phil, the other, you know, the other celebrity matchups, all this stuff. And some were terrible in my opinion. Others were good. But the biggest challenge people had with them, myself included, was that it's okay, Phil and Tiger are going to play for this big sum of money, but they're already rich. It's not even their own money that they put up, et cetera, et cetera. There's really nothing to it. Well, if you made this that way, and that $15 million was heads up, and I know there's a second prize, so it's almost like it would make it more like the World Series of Poker or something like that where there's a lot on the line, the money's on the table. It actually does matter. They're not really betting against each other because it's not their money, but it's theirs to win or lose. And so it is like they're playing for that amount of money. And there's a lot of, uh, as far as accolades and trophies and, and bragging rights and pride, imagine what we would get. Like literally yesterday, we were hyped for one hole of DJ Rom. Think back to the workday. It was three holes of Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, very similar. Now you're taking the best golfers in the world. I do agree. A lot of people, you know, clap back a little bit and had some good points. Yeah, I don't want it to end in round one where the one can go down. I don't want it to be full on March Madness NCAA. Let's get some buys in there. Let's do some stuff. I like Timothy Frank, fantasy golf man. Great follow on Twitter. He said, you know, let him let the dude in the top seed pick who he wants to play. I like that. There'd have to be a way to establish it in my mind where that happens after device because they still have to get something there has to be something for being in the top whatever it would have to be 16 whatever they decide the numbers are on the math to break it down i kind of like like i said getting a 64 from northern trust i'm going all over the place but my idea would be that i do like that little tidbit of being added in there because now it's like listen you got your buy that's good for you you earned that that's you get your points now you're picking you're saying you're better than this guy you're picking the worst guy now he's gonna have to man up and beat you and maybe you have to do some series you got two weeks to play it over. Maybe you do best of threes. I don't know what you can do, Kenny. My point is more make it fair, but make it good. But I do love the idea of like an elite eight to, to round it out on the final weekend before football starts. The best golfers in the world you bring in, but when we get you know back to normal times, this is what I'm thinking of stuff like this. You bring in a bunch of people on the panel that know golf, a bunch of stories to be told, almost like the Tiger Phil stuff, but now there's real stuff on the line, real money, real championships, real everything. You bring in all the fans, everything's going to be there. It's one-on-one. This is going to be amazing golf, and it's going to be great for betting, gambling of all sorts, DFS, anything you want to talk about, it would be exciting, and we'd be talking about it for a whole week of these eight matchups that are up and coming and what could shake down and how it's going to look as the weekend plays on. What I think is, I don't know the logistics of it, but I like match play too. What I think is they should have a week off after the BMW championship. And then what happens is they start on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. And mm-hmm. make it at the top 32. Instead of the top 30, the top 32 get into East Lake and it's match play and it's round Robin. You know, there's going to be uh, eight groups of four. Okay. The, the, the number one seed gets to play against the number 32, 31, and 30 in his group. The number two seed gets 29, 28, 27 in his group. And I know some people think that's still not a big enough advantage. Well, then make it so if there's a tie in the round robin, the highest seed gets in. I think it's a pretty big advantage because yeah, sure. there's a lot of ties. If you watch the WGC match play you know, earlier in the spring, um, I don't think they played it this year, but when they play it, you know, there's a lot of ties in these round robin groups. Uh, and I think, you know, having the highest seed get the, 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 the 
the, the tiebreaker uh, would be a pretty big advantage, and they get to play against the you know the, the number one gets to play against the three worst guys, uh, you know, FedEx Cup point wise in the thing in the uh, in the event, and then after those three three days, you go into you know then you go into the sudden death. So everyone gets you get to see all the golfers play for at least three days, just like how they changed the match play because everyone complained about that. You have the number one seed out in round one. No one wants to see that. You know, no one wants to see DJ on Wednesday and gone, you know, or Rory on Wednesday and then he's gone. So you, right. you have these round robins. You make a match play. You just give the edge to the highest seed in each group. And I think that would be a great way to go. And then just imagine – a Monday finish because I think you know they're starting they're finishing on Mondays. If they do it every year on Labor Day weekend, it makes sense. A Labor Day tradition, one on one, you know, uh, you for have that the, much uh, money for for and you have the, you have the consolation match behind for a certain amount. So you get two groups that you can watch, you know, for fifteen million dollars. One that they actually one. care about that they actually yeah, care about I mean, because even if they don't need the money, they're playing against each other no, for the who the fuck doesn't need fifteen million dollars? I got you. everybody I'm needs fifteen million dollars. Everybody that's why wants they would it, play, yeah. but it would feel more real. They'd be able to make it better, like you just said. And I love your idea of the ties because, like we just said, look how hype everyone gets for these one hole, three hole playoffs. Every tiebreaker that needs to go to a sudden death playoff like that or something, they could have and mix that in to be like playoff golf everywhere on the course to try and solve it and get down to the final because it is the best golfers, the best 32 for the season with these same rankings that we're about to see here. So it's a, whatever. It's a long rant and whatever, but I, I still think it's a good way, and I think they should find it. The numbers aren't that far off. I think there's enough people that be interested in it, and I think with all the adaptation of what they've been doing with the coverage, the way they've been going with those pay-per-views and trying to angle for something like this, this would be fantastic. And then, like you said, the Monday day tradition, the Monday holiday tradition of the two best playing with 15 million and whatever second is, I can't remember if it's five or 10 or whatever they do now, but it's yeah. 15 up top. They're playing for a massive amount of money of yeah. real money on the line. And well, I mean, you know, and the thing is, you know, the PGA is getting huge with the golf, with the betting sponsorships now, like they're just grabbing every bet <laughs> place they yeah. can get and just bringing them in. I mean, the betting for, for this, for match play would be so much fun. You know what I'm saying? The parlays that you can make, uh, you know, the numbers that you can do, you can, you can even do the pre-event tourney, where you can pick the winner with odds in the beginning, and then the in, in the live betting, the hole by hole betting. You know what I'm saying? You could just you know, the the, uh, the the sports book could just freaking you know make loads of money off this as well. And that's what the PGA wants. You know, uh, I, I think that would I, personally, I think match play would be the way to go. Uh, I think we'll get there like too. It. By the way, I, I do think we'll get there. No matter what anybody says, I think we'll. I don't know when, but I think we will because of everything you just said with the betting factor, it's just so much better. Hole by hole betting is is already a thing in some places. Some people have access, some don't. But anytime it's been available and been good, people are all over it. Imagine the handle that they'd be bringing at these sports books on those Mondays. Yeah, imagine the, imagine the Monday if it's like a thirty six hole final. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like imagine like the hole by hole betting and how much the, the, the books will just rake in. You know, in that thing, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if any, any book people are listening, I don't know if you do talk to your people that, you know, try and get that done because that would be amazing. That would be, I would bet every hole, I would bet every hole, you know, and I would lose so much money, but it would be so much fun, you know? All right. So it's enough of that. There's a lot of talk on that. So let's move on. Let's move on to the listener league this past week. Uh, The winner was PSU Mav. That name sounds familiar. Uh, not sure. I, I think he might have been a former winner. Not 100% sure. Uh, no avatar, but PS, PSU math, 413 points, which is really solid 
uh, this week in an event with, you know, not that many birdies. Uh, he started off with uh, Dustin Johnson finished second, of course, 12.23% owned. John Rom finished first, so he went the DJ Rom combo, very smart, 18.55% owned. Kokrak, who placed a good finish, 8.82% owned. Brian Harmon, who had a good, you know, ground, a good thing going until about Sunday. He faded a little bit late on Sunday, 6.49% owned. Um, finished in 12th. Brendan Steele finished in 33rd, 12.65% owned. He had 48 points. And Joel Dahman, who had like five birdies or something in the first seven holes on Sunday. When I saw that, I was like, people can go low today. 14.73% uh, owned. Um, finished in 20th place. 57.5 points. What'd you think? Yeah, I love the lineup. PSU map. I don't know if you've won this before, but I see him around all the time. You know, strong, highly ranked grinder on Roto Grinders. Crushes it in, you know, NASCAR, PGA, NBA, bunch of different sports. Uh, he actually won 40000 with this lineup, at least, that I know of, in the $200 single entry. This was his one. I don't know if he just plays one bullet. I didn't really look around for him on anything else, but I know he plays uh, this, and he put the single bullet in this on top, and he played it on in the $200 single entry and won 40000 So props to him. Shout out to him. A great lineup. DJ Rom, double stud. Pounded in all the value guys at the bottom. You know, didn't really need all of them to come through, but obviously position points were extremely important at a tournament like this and the way the conditions panned out. And in the end, yeah, solid build with a couple guys under 10%, four over, good mix of, of the balance. And then, you know, with the thought process around, it looks to me like the lineup's built around the thought process of, you know, took that, you know, Tiger JT, quotes from the Wednesday you know, practice round into consideration saying it's U.S. Open type hard because, you know, DJ Rom are the two that could run away with something or be the only ones to sort of go under par. And then you've got guys like Harmon, Steele, Kokrak. These are the grinders, right? Go, guy like Joel Damon's been having a great season and then really showed up on Sunday. So strong lineup, really, really did well here. We'll see him in the, in the three-man this week and then get them into the finals for the, uh, the Listener League. We should have a Listener League out for this week, guys. I'm not sure exactly yet what it's going to be. Probably a little bit smaller, just because the way everything's going down this week with DraftKings and the event being a little bit smaller, obviously with only 30 guys, etc. So you, if you see that, follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. You'll see it there. I'll post it out as soon as I get details. Yeah, speaking of the Wednesday charity event, like it's sort of that really screwed me because these guys are like birdieing and eagling holes. and It looked tough. It looked a lot firmer than it did would have than I originally thought on Monday, but I was like, yeah, I still think 10, 11, 12, under probably still win this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not right about that one because I mean, like, there was Eagles, there was birdies, and I was like, okay, it's tough, but it's not like crazy. I, and then I don't know what the hell happened on Thursday. I, either those guys were just playing with no pressure and just going lights out, pin seeking at the charity event and playing well. Uh, so yeah, that screwed me too. Usually, you know, if, if I'm not sure about the course, you watch that event, which I've been liking. They've been doing it before every every Wednesday before every event, you know, and I really paid attention to that. And I was like, well, it looks a lot tougher than I thought, but it doesn't look impossible. It was fucking impossible Thursday and Friday. <laughs> so uh, that's how that went this week. Uh, let, all right, so let's get to this week. Let's get to the course. East Lake Golf Course is a 7,400-yard-plus um, uh, par 70 with four par threes and two par fives. Both the par fives are reachable, but if the prevailing wind shifts, the 600-yard par five 18th, I love – uh, courses with a par five on the last hole. So much can happen, especially if it comes down to like, you know, with the way the scoring is this week. Uh, it's going to be tough to reach by shorter hitters if the wind switches. Um, usually the wind is at the golfer's back on that hole. So it doesn't play quite as long as the 600 yards suggests. 
the par threes here at East Lake are on the difficult side. As all four routinely end up in like the top ten most difficult, you know, par threes. Uh, top, uh, top. I'm sorry. They end up routinely as four of the nine most difficult holes on the course, and they usually end up being some of the toughest par threes on tour. I think one year all four were like in the top nine uh, toughest par threes on tour. So it's going to be tough on these par threes. Five of the par fours are over 450 yards. Another five are between 400 and 450, and two of the par fours are under 400. Uh, the course was originally designed by Donna Ross, but Reese Jones redesigned the course in 1994. The greens were switched from bent grass to Bermuda grass in 2007. Uh, East Lake switched the nines a couple years ago, which I like because now they're going to end on a uh, you know on the par five instead of a difficult par three. Um, the last four holes are going to be you know really really tough, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch when it comes down to it on on Monday. Fifteenth uh, hole, long par three with a peninsula green water all over the place. Uh, the prevailing wind actually blows towards the water. There's a huge bailout bunker on the left side. There's going to be a lot of those long bunker shots, you know, like with the wind behind your back and the water just right in front of you behind the hole, the pin right by the water. That's always fun. Um, the 16th hole was lengthened recently. Golfers have to deal with a blind approach shot onto a large multi-tiered and heavily sloped green. The 17th is one of the few holes on the course with a major dog leg everything else pretty straight but this one has a major dog leg and was also lengthened also it has one of the smallest greens on the course uh and then of course the par 5 18th it gives up you know birdies and eagles but there's big numbers here too i mean we saw what three four years ago uh roy hole out uh for birdie or for eagle on 16 uh, on 16 and chapel having a birdie putt for for the win on 18 so these last four holes can be a lot of fun uh, now off the team, golfers see tree line fairways that are fairly narrow and width, very similar to the width that we saw last week uh, on average. So, so pretty narrow uh, fairways with large fairway bunkers in play on the landing zones. The roughest thick, you know, it's only about two and a half inches tall, but it's sort of that Bermuda type, you know, thick, thick type rough uh, where you can get a lot of flyers out of. And you can also get a lot of flyers um, off the fairway with the zoysia. Uh, on the fairway, they say a lot of the the, the, the grass on the fairway, the zoysia grass, leads to a lot of flyer lies. Now, golfers need to hit certain spots below the hole uh, on the greens to have realistic birdie chances, you know, and hitting it into um, – and hitting it, you know – I'm sorry, I'm losing my place here. People are calling me left and right for work right now, and I'm reading this off my phone, so I'm losing my place repeatedly. So hitting it in the rough – off the tee will make this a lot more difficult to have, you know, to keep it underneath the hole. The numbers show this is less than 50% of approaches from the rough land on the green. Now, this doesn't mean drivers left in a bag. Many golfers still use the big dog off the tee, so fairways will definitely be missed. If golfers struggle off the tee, a solid short game is going to be useful. On approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of green sizes. The larger greens will be multi-tiered with a lot of slope. The smaller greens won't be tiered, but they will have a lot of slope from back to front. Some of the small greens will be sloped from back left to front right and vice versa, which will make putting and chipping you know, a lot more difficult. Greenside bunkers will be in play on most holes, with the majority of them guarding the very front of the greens. Uh, these Bermuda grass greens are a big defense of the course. Uh, they usually play firm and fast with a stint meter rating of over 12. Now, there has been a ton of rain uh, in the Atlanta area uh, this summer. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be really hot Friday and Saturday, which could dry up some of these greens. And there's no real, like a 30% chance of rain 
uh, you know, it's the highest percent chance on any of these days. So it could bake out by, you know, Saturday or by Sunday or Monday. We'll see how that goes. Um, since these greens are so tough to chip and pop. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Hold on. I think this is an approach shot putting contest. Golfers will need to hit a ton of greens, and they must be prepared to hit putts with a lot of break and speed. Tampa, what type of strategy are you going to use uh, in this type of event? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind right away. Like you just talked about some of the stats and stuff, but it, you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, actually, when you meant, you know, talked about how the Wednesday round sort of screwed you because you still stuck with the thought, the thought process around that. And I get why, you know, like you said, you, you watch it, you see, you're like, okay, I can still do this. But even last week I had lineups that were built for, if it's extremely hard, if it's, you know, extremely, if it, you know, somehow is easy again, or it's just all talk or, you know, right in the middle. And when you have these, shortened events you know something like this we're down to 30 guys we talked a little bit about the Rory situation I mean first off the Rory situation is a big deal it's something to keep an eye on he says he's out if it happens so that means one it could happen before and he's out and we just find out we'll keep our ears to the ground it doesn't start till Friday this week Friday Saturday Sunday Monday is the event so we'll have to pay attention to that his, his wife Eric is pregnant with his first child which is his daughter so he may leave for that he said he would he said you know very candidly but I thought confidently that I'll be in a lot of tour championships and he will his game is so good, but he said, you know, I, I won't get this again. So I'll definitely be leaving. And that means too, if he starts on Friday and has a great round and then all of a sudden has to leave on Saturday, it sounds like he's taken off, right? Right. He'll, so, he'll so bounce. He'll bounce. He will. There's no doubt so in my just, mind. It's something to keep an eye on for me. I'll play him either way. I'm not talking plays yet, but I'm saying I'm going to play him because he's going to rate out so well. And hopefully that leads to people not going that way. And they're just not what, again, that's where it does come a little into play. If you're willing to risk versus reward and put a little bit more on the line and just know that that money could be dead money then that's how it'll end up. But for me, a little bit of the strategy was where I was going with that is that you want to still build to what you think can happen. So, you know, if you got the leaderboard up and you see the DJs at 10 under and the Billy Horschel's at even first through 30, you're looking at it from the situation of what you actually think can happen. Now, the realist, you know, the real thing is, and we're going to get to it in a second with DJ, is the pricing. They priced him just so far up that I don't know. Like, you know, last year, I think it was JT was 15.5. 
and ended up coming in third. So that can easily happen. Likely, well, just, you know, pretty, pretty much won't be on the optimal if that happens. So, you know, the finishing points are something to think about up front, but not really a big deal as much as what everyone's making of them. So you're going to be a little bit leery of that. Like, so for example, when we get to Alanto Griffin at two under or a Munoz at three under, they're both extremely cheap. They're probably going to be chalk and there's nothing saying they're going to move just because they're in 15th and 16th. Now doesn't mean they'll be there or even anywhere near the top at the end. They could be at the very bottom, right? It's just, it's a tough course, not used to playing it, something like that. You're, you're going to get into these situations. So I'm still going to stick to the golfers that I like, but I am going to make sure my lineup tells a story and make sure it's what I want it to be. And meaning if I think JT is going to win this, I'm going to build it with no DJ ROM. And, you know, I'm not going to obviously can't fit all of them. I meant more like I'm not going to go. If I think it's JT is going to win this, I'm going to build my lineup with JT as the starting point. I'm not going to do a DJ ROM and just try and fit everybody at the bottom because of that reasoning. The second thing is, is you also have to build with what's actually feasible or what could happen. Right. You know, and you sit there and say anything could happen, of course, but how likely is it? You know what I mean? Like you, people sometimes forget this. Uh, you know, the, the guys at the bottom aren't going to win the tournament probably, but they can definitely still fly up the leaderboard, right? Victor Hovland is going to be popular at even and at 60, whatever he is, 6,600. What does his price going to say? I think it's 6,600 where he's going to be popular and you're going to have to know that you can make the pivots around that. So I'm, I don't really have exact pivots this week, but I'll definitely talk about it. We're sort of going to break it down this week, Kenny, I think into three ranges because you've got basically, you know, Bryson and up is your five figure range. You got Rory at 9,700 down to Hatton at seven. And then you basically got Kisner down to Leishman, Mr. Plus 30 last week. We've got some Steven Bowditch, man. We got some, some Bowditch out there running around yeah. talking on Twitter. We haven't seen him in a while. And he's talking about, you know, don't, don't take this from me, mate. It's the only thing I got left, he said. And Leishman said, oh, there's actually something to play for out there then. That's good because what a, what a rough few days for Mark Leishman. But guess what? He's still 25th in this <coughs> tournament coming in, and he's at 5,000 at the stone minimum. It could be a... A one-week thing, it could be, who knows, maybe he sucks again, but it, it, we'll see. Now, here's the thing, like, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be looking into the scoring positions, uh, you know, you know, the finishing positions and stuff like that from the beginning. But, you know, when it, when it comes to DraftKings scoring, it's about birdies and eagles. Right. That, that's what, what, that's what DraftKings is. Uh, that's what you still have to focus on. Uh, you know, a stay guy who is in what? So they're starting in 30th place. 30th place still gets what? Like two points, something like that, you know, on DraftKings uh, when with the scoring and stuff like that. Let me double check here. If you look at the scoring uh, for DraftKings, so first place, um, when you go to the rules, hold on, scoring rules, I'm not prepared. Sorry. It's two or three points. I don't know yeah. what it is, but they get something yeah. for it. Yeah. But like, you know, you still, so first place, oh, first place you get 30 points. So, oh, first, uh, I thought you were talking about dead last. I thought you were talking about yeah, the guy at even right now. Yeah, so the guy at even right now in 30 still gets three. So you're about 27 points behind. That'll be tough to catch up. But, I mean, if, if you get up to, like, you know, the 25th, 16th, you know, it just depends on birdies, bogeys, and, and eagle. It's a scoring event. That's what you're going to have to go to. You can still get value with these low, uh, low-priced low guys, even though there's no way they could probably win. Uh, or very, very unlikely guys at, at even par to win, they can still accrue you enough points to get you on a leaderboard in a GPP because it's about birdies and burgundies and eagles. It's drafting, scoring. That's the way it is. Now, when it comes to cash, I'm not going to play any. Um, because you think about it, all the ownership in an event like this is going to be super inflated. You know, like say the highest rank, highest uh, golfer in cash is going to be Webb Simpson at 65%. Okay. Uh, you know, if you have him, you're not getting the leverage you normally get in cash because there's going to be so many people on him. And if he wins, if he does well, 
you're not going to get that winning leverage or, or the you know really great uh, four day leverage that you would normally get in cash when a guy's like 30%, which is pretty high in cash. Uh, it's double that. So you're not going to get that. The thing is, if you fade him and it goes off, you, you lost. There's no way you can catch up. You know, 65% of the, of the rest of the field has him. You know, so it just, it just makes cash way more of a crapshoot. Uh, so no cash for me, no cash game cornerstones. I'm just going to stick with a few GBPs this week. So let's get to these tiers. Tambo, so since you said we're going to go uh, the double digits, Bryson all the way up to Dustin Johnson, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just a couple more quick things that you just mentioned is one is to, well, sorry, the other thing is like uh, you were just talking about, I, I lost a train of thought on it, but I was just going to say the scoring that you were just talking about that you need to have at, the, at an event like this at the birdies and eagles. Yeah, yeah. So you were talking about that and I was saying, yeah, I agree hundred percent. But also when you're looking at how you build your lineups, you, you got to make sure that you're building them accordingly. Right. So last year to give you an idea um, you know, you think about those points, I'm just leaving them out of my mind in the beginning. Cause if the, if the guys score, they're going to get those position points from all the scoring they do. They're going to move up the board and attain more and more. It, now, can they attain all of them? No, it's not likely that a Billy Horschel flies up to the top and, and gets a bunch of them. Or, or Mark Leishman at the bottom. But just so you guys have a couple talking points for last year, uh, Justin Thomas started in first, ended up in third. Cantlay started in second, ended up in 21st. Huge drop. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Rory started in fifth, won the thing by four strokes. And then a guy like Reavy from the bottom crept his way up, didn't get you know way up the board, but as far as DK scoring goes, it was huge because he had to score to get to that position and got the position points that come with it. So Sorry about the stumble. That's where I was trying to go with it, but I just would bring that up. So it's kind of like you said, just play your guys and build your lineups to match up accordingly uh, and make sure that they make sense of something that could actually happen. Three guys at the very bottom are very unlikely to creep up the board enough to make your three studs at the top fit. So I just don't think that's a good build. With the top, you know, DJ, like I said, might just be a little bit too priced out, regardless of ownership, regardless of anything. I mean, I'll have some DJ lineups around of if DJ goes Northern Trust mode, and just, you know, takes off with this thing. But again, I'll still try and build it a little more balanced. I'd be skipping down off some of the other guys and just imagine that DJ runs away with it and does his thing. I really think what's going to happen here, and this is why I'm going to talk more strategically than just the plays I'm on, is Rom looks to be the most popular because everyone's going to say the same thing that I just said about DJ and just go, why don't I just take Rom for so much cheaper? Which is a good play. He's, he's a great pick for a reason. He's there. He's in the spot. He can win this thing easily. All of it. It all makes sense. But then it's almost like a double whammy because, you know, then there's going to be the people that say, well, then I'm just going to take JT. And I know you could keep going down the board like this, but to be honest, I think the, the pivots and the plays there are Webb and Morikawa. And if you look at their stats, you know, how they set up for this course, the approach game, you know, yeah, you need a putter. Morikawa doesn't always have one, but when he does find one, go back to the PGA Championship, you see what he can do. I mean, you look at the board, they're, you know, Webb's minus six, Morikawa's minus five. That's four or five strokes over 72 holes that can change in a heartbeat. And they are right in the thick of things to win this thing. They will score to get there, all of that. So I really like JT, Webb, and Morikawa the most. I'm not as big on Bryson. He certainly has a high ceiling because of who he is and what he can do. He's right there in the same mix. He played pretty good at the PGA Championship, but he just hasn't shown up as much. I think it was, I forget if it was Justin Ray or who showed the stat today, but it was just incredible. Every event that, uh, or maybe it was Kyle Porter, I can't remember, but they had, Every event that Rom, JT, DJ, and Morikawa have been in since the restart, there was only one that DJ withdrew from was the 3M. They were the winner in all of them. And even in one of them, the workday, they were in the final two with Morikawa and JT. But DJ, Rom, JT have won all the events with Morikawa. 
since the restart, basically, besides Berger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, here's the thing. Like, Bryson, when it comes to Bryson, he's dead last in the field in, in iron play in, in the last 12 rounds. So I don't know if I can get on board with right. him because you're going to have to have pretty good iron play to get uh, into this type of tournament. I, I, I'm, I'm going to Dustin Johnson. I think because of the, the, the huge price jump, uh, jump, he'll be fairly low on comparatively because it's only a 30-man field um, comparatively, comparatively, comparatively to the rest of these guys. So, and the way he's playing, he's playing out of his fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, he's literally first in, like, almost everything I'm looking for this week when it comes to stats. Like, par, par, par four efficiency, even 450 to 500. Strokes gained par four. Birdies are better to gain. Draft king points. Strokes gained tee to green. Strokes gained putting. Strokes gained approach. All number one uh, in recently here in the last 12 rounds played. Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and keep going with him. Now, the one thing is the guy in first place uh, of the tour championship, like, hasn't going into the tour championship, hasn't won a FedEx Cup. I, I don't know. Like, it's been over a decade. If it's ever happened, it's been more than 11 years. I didn't look that far back. But in the last 11 years, it's never happened. So he definitely has that trend going against him uh, this week. But I don't care. Uh, he's playing so well. I think people are going to be heavy on Rom. Um, so I'm going to go Dustin Johnson because I'm only playing GPPs. I'm going to play DJ. I'm going to play Webb. I think it was pretty smart for him to sit out last week. Uh, you know, the grind that these golfers had to go with last week. Uh, I don't know if he, like, showed up to the course, played a practice round, was like, fuck this. I am playing this shit, or if he just never showed up. I'm not sure which way it was because I don't think he withdrew until Tuesday. Uh, you know, you would expect him maybe to get – most golfers get there on Monday. Uh, so, I don't know exactly what happened with that, but I think that was pretty smart. And he, he lines up well for the course. you got to be accurate off the tee, uh, you know, pretty much. And he's good with his longer irons, of course, really good on longer par threes. There's going to be a bunch of them. So, I like Webb uh, as well. Let's move down to this next range. we got Tony Finau all the way up to Rory Tampa. Why don't you go? Yeah. Like I said, Rory is another thing I forgot to mention in the strategy conversation at the top. I, I really still like to go. I know recent form is always important and that's what I go off of. And I'm not big on course history ever. We always talk about that. There's definitely some good course history here, but it's a lot of the guys that are here every year because they're the best golfers. So what I really like to look at is a lot more long-term. I know like you were just citing some 12 week stuff. That's important. I know the restart throws a wrench into it, but I still do believe at tougher courses and ones like this, the long-term comes out. So I'll even look like as far back as a hundred rounds just to try and get an idea of the caliber and what you're going to get with that. And when you look at Rory over the last hundred rounds, not doesn't have to be obvious to talk about it, but he's like number one in everything almost except, you know, like I know he's sixth in approach and whatever, but uh, DK scoring T to green strokes in total ball striking off the tee, everything. Number one. So at 9,700, I, you mean narrative aside, I'm going to have to try it. Hopefully he doesn't withdraw before and comes at like five, 10%. And I, if it's burnt money in the end, it is, but I'm going to play him and, and go with that at 9,700. Uh, Hideki's been playing some great golf. Xander loves this place. You know, those are some guys that stand out. Finau, uh, funny, I think you mentioned it, was that he, you know, could have got his win. I think you said, imagine if he gets his win this way, gets in the house at minus one. And then the afternoon, you know, the afternoon of the last few holes for Rom, DJ, and those guys were a lot tougher. That would have been hilarious if he got a win that way. But I think that from a value perspective and fitting pretty much any type of build, Finau has got to be one of your best values on the board and, and really suits as far as all these stats go long-term, especially T to green. He's eighth, eighth on approach, 13th around the greens, 14th DK scoring. I mean, he's right there and he's, you know, not completely out of the mix. If you look at uh, Fino on the board, he's 20th at two under 
it's not like he's going to come back and win the thing, but is he going to pay off value at 8,200? Likely, right? So as long as he does this thing, and, and by the way, a great final round. He, he had a great final round, which you talked about, but also uh, JT, some good omen coming in there. He chipped in on the final hole for a birdie to, to end his 72-hole run. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, JT just hasn't been on it, but I can, I can see him going a little bit overlooked in that 10K range compared to everyone else, uh, except maybe Bryson. I can see JT being the second lowest owned um, in there. Maybe the third, uh, if Dustin Johnson, it just depends on DJ how many people want to pay up for him. Uh, we'll see. And we got a, a definitely a long road because the tournament doesn't start until Friday. Now, when we get into this other, this next range, I'm with you. Uh, it's going to be Finau. I'll play a good amount of guys in this range. Uh, like the lineups, I don't start with Dustin Johnson. You can afford to go uh, pretty heavy in the 9 and 8K range just because the pricing goes all the way down to $5,000. So um, I like Rory just like you. I want to take the risk. Um, you know, we'll see if a lot of people are going to do that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe then I'll change my mind uh, when it comes down to because the risk is heavy. I mean, she's due any day. So uh, we'll see. But, I mean, the way he's played this course, and like you said, the long-term form, uh, it just works out well for Rory. Um, Alexander, um, you know, 64, 65, 66 is here in the past. Um, he, he's come back. I think he won. He, won, he shot 12 under and stuff like that. So I do like Xander. I like the bet at 28 to 1. We'll go over that later as well. And I like Finau too. I mean, the value is just there. And you look at Finau, how he's done on harder courses. I mean, look at the majors from a couple of years ago where he finished like top 20 in each one or something like that. Uh, tough courses. Even though he got his win on a really easy course, he tends to play pretty well on difficult courses like we saw last week. Um, so, uh, and this course is not major level, but just a step above or a step below. You know, you, the winning score, there's been single-digit years where, you know, a golfer has won with single digits here in the past, you know, if the conditions are firm, you know, which it could be this week, uh, depending on if they end up getting any rain or not, which on the forecast there isn't. Uh, so those are the guys I do like in this range. Now, in this next range, uh, where, where are we going? Uh, 7,000? Oh, we'll just do the rest? Or how are we doing this next range? It's all, it's all good. Just keep going to the 7K. What I was trying to compare was to say, look, from, you know, uh, the 10K down to the 7, because it's almost like that's a range in itself this week. There's only four guys at 8K, four guys at 7K. And I'm more interested to hear your take on the 7K, because this is a spot where I feel like the 8K range is extremely better than the than the 7k range if you just look oh, at the names and compare and then I even agree. if you look underneath look at the 6k guys you got kisner hovland neiman answer like all these guys in a smaller range so i think the 7k yeah. range is one that goes this range the, the 7k it will be i, I like scheffler and todd i'm going yeah. with the two guys up top uh brendan todd you know two wins this year supremely accurate off the tee you know so it's going to provide him well uh, you know, the, the less you are in the rough of this course, the better off you're going to be. Um, so I like Brendan Todd. I mean, you saw last week it finished eighth on one on the toughest course of the year. Uh, so hard courses really doesn't bother him. At least it didn't last week. Maybe he can ride that momentum. And Scheffler's just – he's just been playing good golf. Uh, I, I mean, like I know – what did he finish last week? He wasn't that close to the top. I, I think he actually finished sort of – where did he finish last week, Tampa? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. I'm looking up something else right now. I didn't even think about it, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I, the way he's been playing at that price, I think he can get value because he is a birdie machine. He does tend to make a lot of birdies. And then last week, 
Uh, I am bringing it up right now. Give me one second. T20. Plus okay, so the top 20 uh, on, on a difficult course. So uh, I'm with that for, for Mr. Scotty Scheffler. My computer's running really, really slow right now. I don't know why. Uh, but I, I'll go in. But I like Todd better. Uh, you know, if I just had to play one person in this range, it would probably be Brendan Todd. All right. I got uh, Scheffler with you. I'm there. But I'm, I'm on Hatton at the bottom, 7K even. I still think he's the caliber, the class, the upside, everything that you got there. The, the long-term, when you look at it, is just, you know, as far as, like I said, again, looking more at the long-term, the caliber, can they do it? Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Bogey avoidance, you know, ball striking, tee to green approach. Uh, actually 12th in this field on approach in the last 100 rounds and fifth in around the green. So just any troubles and, and not find those greens, then th- this will matter as well. So I still like a guy like him and Hatton's in 19th. I mean, he's not going to cruise all the way to the top either, I don't think, but I'm just saying it's a guy that fits all those styles of builds that you can make it work and still have a high-class, very high-ceiling type golfer if he has one of those weeks, right? You've seen it before. And talk about a guy that can find the hot putter at times. That's him as well. Yeah, that sounds good. I, you might have talked me into hat, and I'm definitely thinking about him. Let's move on to this final range. Go ahead, Tambo. Let's just do the rest. Okay, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this is like I said. So the first thing that stood out to me was the 6K range in general, just like how – how many guys are in there that we can talk about and make a story about and that you'll like? I think by far, it's not even a question. Hovland and Neiman will be two of the most popular guys in the entire tournament from a DK perspective. Uh, if you just look at where they are on the leaderboard, what they've done, what their upside can be, all these factors, the caliber, the name, etc. You know, answer sort of goes to the wayside because we've been on him, off him. He hasn't really done much for people lately. I still don't mind that. And then the Kisner situation kind of got to ride it a little. It wasn't, you know, he really didn't work out well on Sunday last week but you got to you know forgive him a little bit and he's here he's in and he's got some good results in the past he likes it and we talked you know last week a little bit about how he's the he's the guy who wants to just put the money in the bank man and this is the time of year you can do that so i think uh, kisner and neiman go overlooked hovland or sorry kisner and answer go overlooked hovland and neiman are by far the chalk and it, how you're going to play it or what you're going to do like i said you're gonna have to build accordingly to that i don't think just plugging in you know, Neiman and Hovland and then all the best other plays is going to make sense. It's like you said, you're trying to build like a cash lineup for a week that there's already going to be enough dupes just in general, the way that it's already building out. So uh, I should have mentioned that too, in the strategy conversation at the top around, you know, just this week and alone, there's a lot more dupes. It's also a week. I looked into it already where people finally open up on salary constraints and allow themselves to leave a little bit more on the, the table. So only around 20% of the people max it out. On, on this week. So people are always leaving a little bit more. Now the pricing, just go do some hand builds and you'll see what I mean is a little bit conducive to that where you're trying to, you know, even if you want to fill it out, sometimes you just land with a hundred or 200 bucks left over. They've done a good job of that. So I do like that about the pricing setup, but again, you still have to make sure your lineup makes sense and has the chance at actually getting there or can tell a story to find its way to the top. As far as this 5k range goes, looks like Horschel is going to be the popular pick pick here. Uh, I think Munoz, sorry, Horschel Lanto would be the top two. Munoz, Mackenzie Hughes, maybe after that. Uh, I like all of those, but I actually kind of like Palmer down here. He's, again, talking about long-term approach, scoring, upside, whatever you want to call it. You know, that stands out to me for a guy that's 5,400. His boy, Rom, just got another win. We always talk about them sort of getting along at the same times and, and doing well in the same places, things like that, winning the Zurich together. Uh, narrative all there, but I'm just saying the stats actually do play out pretty well for him over the last hundred rounds. And it's not like he's been playing horrible golf lately. It's up and down a little bit inconsistent, but it's been pretty good. Lanto is under, you know, in the 5,600 just seems insane. Him and Munoz are way up the board in 15th and 16th. So I do think people attach to that. And then just how good 
Horschel's been playing. I mean, I like Horschel probably the best of any play down here. Uh, Palmer as my sort of GPP pivot, if you want to call it, even though that's all I'm playing and all, I, all I'm always playing. Uh, and then, like you said, with some of the other guys, just going to have to pick and choose, like Smith, Leishman, even Champ. These guys are hard guys to get on at East. Like, nah, all, all these ones are just tough for me. Maybe Sprinkles, but I like all those other guys a lot more, and we'll just play them accordingly. Yeah, 6K range, I like Kisner a lot. I mean, like you said, I mean, coming into last week, you know, a couple of top 10s playing really good golf, and he was in the top 10 going into Sunday uh, last week before, you know, he, he, he crumbled a little bit on Sunday afternoon. The game right. is there. Uh, he hits enough fairways for this. You know, if you're not long, you got to hit fairways uh, here. And, and just like Brendan Todd, just like Kevin Kisner, they both do their thing. We're playing on Bermuda. He loves Bermuda. It's in his, you know, it, this is his neck of the woods uh, as an SEC guy. Uh, he's used to this type of climate, this type of course, this type of setup. I do like Kisner uh, a lot in the 6K range. In the 7K range, in the 5K range, again, I'm with you. Uh, I like Mac Hughes a lot. I think just getting in that confidence that he can get uh, from getting that up and down, maybe it goes into this week. And we've seen him play hard course as well. Honda, second place last week. Uh, well, he was even par, one under at one point in time on Sunday uh, before he faded just a little bit uh, with a couple bogeys on the back nine on Sunday. But he had you know, a pretty nice finish uh, as well uh, last week. Um, so I like Matt Hughes a lot. I've been using a lot of him. Uh, he can, you can really do a lot with your lineups, starting with Mackenzie Hughes at $5,200. And I'm with you on Billy Horschel. Really good on long par three. I think he's first in the field in par three efficiency from 200 to 225 yards. Uh, top five in fairways gain. Driving accuracy is there. Really good on long par fours as well. I think he's eighth in par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. Billy Horschel uh, just seems to make sense. And uh, he's won here before. He's coming. He's come close, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's been near the top of the leaderboard at this event at different parts of his career. He's been in second a couple years ago, and he won five or six years ago. So it's definitely there. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, Billy on the uh, Bermuda Greens as well. And then the just a note on the Mackenzie Using. Yeah, I was with you on that. We, we saw him live, like right in front of him at Honda. Uh, tough course like that. Third at the Travelers were DJ won. So if you like DJ, make make it happen. The you know correlation in that sense. Memorial six, where Rom won. That uh, Memorial a- Memorial's like Memorial Honda and uh, the PGA Championship and last week are the four hardest courses on tour this year. And you said yeah. what he finished uh, Honda second, second Honda yeah, Memorial McKenzie. sixth yeah and tenth last week. Made I mean, run at the, the hard and the stones down on the line that needed it to happen. So he's yeah. it's a guy that just has that upside. And then even at the travelers, you know, just different type of golf altogether still can put it together. So it's about that. He's not great on approach long-term, but his short-term has been really strong. So it's like you said, that's sort of one of those plays where you can make that call. I do think he picks up a little bit of steam as the week goes on. I've heard a couple guys mention him already, but for right reasons, right? Sometimes the good, that's the good chalk. And then you can get different amongst the guys across the middle or mix some seven K guys in that are going overlooked with some of the guys at the top and you've got yourself a lineup. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I still think there's some value to playing it. I definitely play lighter on this week because as much as everyone will tell you the strategies through the roof, it's not the same as match play. In my opinion, it's much less. And also even with the match play stuff we've seen in this past little while, it's still a huge advantage when you can break down the, the math behind it in the slate. But what I do find, and one thing that stands out is just all the content, that is out there now all the Twitter notifications you've all got turned on and seeing all this stuff and data and stat sites and you name it and content providers that are all great. It just does lead to a lot more people getting it 
and understanding it. I don't think the edge is as strong as what everybody thinks. It's, you know, some things are just a little bit more obvious and we'll see as the week goes on. I'm going to play. I'm just saying it's not my normal week as far as volume is concerned because you, I find on weeks like this, Kenny, you either got it or you don't, right? And you just build accordingly and see what happens. Yeah, I'm probably just going to like max the 50 cent or something like yeah. that. And Have what I do it. and what I do with the 50 cent is I'll play two lineups. I, I do a two lineup, a, a, a two team train for each lineup. So it could double my winning. So I only have like 75 lineups. I like that. Uh, in total. Like that. So that, that, that's the way I'll probably do it uh, this week because I, I've been losing so much I can't afford <laughs> to put a whole bunch of money in. So that, that's a good way. You guys are, are light on funds. The 50 cent is a good way to go because the payouts usually, in the first place, I've seen like $10,000 sometimes. I think maybe five to 10000 before. Uh, so, I mean, you're, of course, you're going up against hundreds of thousands of people, which makes it a lot tougher. Uh, you know, we I definitely like to play, you know, a single entry, $333 entry instead. But I can't afford that right now. So I'll probably just play a bunch of the $0.50, cent, max it out, have some fun, see how it goes. Uh, all right, so let's go to bets this week. Tambo, who you got? I'm doing – There's you got to check your markets, make sure you know what you're doing and what you're betting on, right? Like yes. Neiman, Neiman to win the tournament is like 160 to 1 or something. So like he's not going to win the tournament likely. So, you know, I look at this like I'm going with the without starting strokes, just who's shooting the best, who's the lowest. I got Neiman 60 to 1 with the each way coming hot off last week. I got a little bit of a hedge life in Berger because I hate this guy, but he just continues to keep smashing. Uh, 18 to 1 in that market, I don't mind. Um, no each way, just 18 to one straight. And then JT 10 to one. And it's, you know, I really got something for JT this week. I think he's going to come through. And then, you know, I love JT as a whole. And then also, uh, the thing for me with that is if Rory somehow, if they have their baby today, tomorrow, the next, like you say, we got four days to go, then that would erase Rory. Who's at the same or slightly better in some places. And so you would, uh, gain some, some ground there with a guy like JT at 10 to one. Yeah. I'm going web with, the uh the starting position 12 to 1 uh he's also 12 to 1 without the starting position uh i threw a little bit on that as well but my main bet's gonna be web with the starting position uh 12 to 1 uh xander 28 to 1 with the starting position and mckenzie hughes 100 to 1 without the starting position uh for wins so that's the way i go mckenzie hughes is 400 to 1 um, with the starting position, but like you said, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Uh, so, so I'll take the hundred to one for Matt Hughes without the starting position. Yeah. All right, one and done. Yeah, I just this is you know use who you got. You know JT Rom I like at the top. Uh, Webb Morikawa. I talked about the guys I'm on. It's it's those four. So hopefully you got one of them. We can just put one of them in because you know I think the winner is either DJ. Or them, and obviously it's not a bold stance. That's the top for a reason. So, but that's the whole point of one it does to get the winner. So, find one of those guys if you got them. If not, maybe drop down and and you know get some of these Xanders, Burgers, Finau, whatever, right? And just try and take a shot and see if they can get it done. But I really like it's a week. You got to go top heavy and just eat it and go with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I have the only top guy I have less is Morikawa. So that's who I'm going it's with. Great I, think I, was, I think yeah. I was supposed to use him a couple weeks ago, but it changed my mind. It might have actually been the week he won or something, which is horrible. But <laughs> that's that's the way I'm going to go. It's going to go more cow. He's the one top guy I have left. All right, so that's going to be it for today. You can find me at KendoVT on Twitter. Um, you know, I'll try and answer your questions. I'm on there all the time. And you can also find my article on GupsCorner.com. Uh, you know, we got the uh, the ownership Gup hit again last week, another big week uh, for Gup. Um, of course, I've been struggling a little bit, but you get my course preview, which is – 
you know, just the truth. It's just facts. <laughs> so if you, you know, if you need that, it's there. I got my bets uh, coming in uh, on Thursday this week and my fa- and a couple other favorite plays uh, this week on gupscorner.com. Uh, Tambo. Yeah, rotogrinders.com. You guys can check me out over there. Got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, like we said at the top, use rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Even just try it for a month. It's 10 bucks off. Like I said, the annual is the way to go. It's 50 bucks off and you can get in for everything. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is with everything coming up that I'm going to be doing, NFL schedule is going to be packed. Still doing all the PGA content. We're shifting some things around. You know, Monday Night Football, I'll be doing a show there. So instead of having my Monday review show, but the pod will still be going with Kenny and I every week strong. Tuesday show for golf with Notorious and STL Cards. Wednesday, my show with a guest as far as bringing somebody on it from Roto Grinders or whatever to go through the lineup HQ tool that we have over there that makes, helps make these lineups. And other than that, find me on Twitter at Totec and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. All right. Final event of the season should be fun. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families. But more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.